Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It is on the whistle because that's the type of podcast we're going to be this year. And I am here with Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Seven days into uh, a dry January or nine days in. Yeah. I Very good. Yeah, we were just having a little talk off air, but um, dry January is, is it's hitting different this year. Like I've, I've been consistently drinking for about six months. I've stopped. I've got energy. I feel good. I feel chatty. It's like it's, it's like the new Arsenal under Arteta, isn't it? It's uh, it's like we were uh, we were we we were we were a bunch of heavy drinking lunatics, and then we we've, we've cut it all out over the past three or four games, and uh, suddenly we can see a uh, a whole new future. The problem is that at any one moment we can just come crashing back, and all the old habits can creep in. Exactly, and you know the 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 thing about not drinking alcohol. Um, probably the worst effect is that you have to tell everybody that you're, you know, you become like a vegan. You're like, oh, I, sorry, I don't, I don't really, I don't really drink anymore. And let me tell you what it's done for my personal life. I'm that guy. Well, I, I'm think, that guy. A, I think there's a lot of parallels you can draw between, you know, uh, the press and working really hard, like, and all those attitude things that Arteta demands. You do them and you feel really, really good. But sometimes, you know, it, it is hard work and sometimes you just want to slip back into your old ways. And that's something that Arsenal have always done. They're very good at talking about these uh, new habits that they picked up and then they fall by the wayside quicker than most people's January resolutions. Yeah, it's trying to, and it's, uh, it's trying to power, like, it's, it, like in, in football, great technique, 
and strong underpinnings, they matter most when things go wrong. Um, and we've had a pretty crazy week in America. Insurrection. The doom yeah. scrolling. The doom scrolling was good this week. I was like, oh my God. But you know what? I didn't fall off the wagon. Not that I was ever going to fall off the wagon over some American politics bullshit. But um, I was a little bit worried about the game today. Newcastle are um, like non-alcohol drinkers. Bit of a joy suck. I've been watching them a lot this season. Um, very typical Steve Bruce team. They're... Um, they're shit going forward generally, but there were a few ingredients that didn't really work for us. We know that they're going to play kind of a deep block and that was a concern. But the bigger concern is always Andy Carroll, right? He's ended us a few times. So it, was, it, was a, it wasn't a banana skin, but it was kind of a banana skin. And then when I saw the lineup today, I was like, this, the interesting thing about this lineup is this was the first choice team at the start of December. And now... Our, now, our first choice team from December is the cup team. And lo and behold, we kind of had a bit of a December performance to start the game. Like, tell me like, what you thought about, um, you know, what... what yeah, what, I mean, I think, I, think, I think obviously Newcastle are a, are a difficult team. And, and I've got a friend who's a Newcastle fan and he tweeted, uh, and, and he tweeted a comment from Danny Murphy where... Uh, Newcastle uh, had the ball and Danny Murphy said, well, this is where it's really difficult for Newcastle. (laughs) And and they're they're sort of useless uh, with the ball the majority of the time. Um, But they're sort of difficult to play with at the same time. And I think one of the other comments that was coming through was, you know, uh, Joe Linton and Andy Carroll, they actually defend really, really well. (laughs) They were in their box making great blocks. Um, so they're definitely not an offensive team. They're a defensive team. And when you combine that with us playing at home, where it's really easy to forget, you know, the Chelsea game aside, I mean, we haven't won at home apart from that game for months. Um, and we sort of forget that because we've had a couple of, couple of good wins away um, in recent memory. But our home form this season has been abysmal. Um, and so it looked like it was going the way of many of those games. And to be honest, um, Newcastle really let us off the hook a couple of times today. They did, um, yeah. It, 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 it could have been, it could have been bad. Um, but you know, the, the the thing, and we were saying it just before. No one remembers the third round of the FA Cup apart from when you lose. Yeah, so true. And I, I, I liken. I don't think you play golf, but I used to play a lot of golf, and I, I wasn't bad. But sometimes, if you played with a really bad player, like your mate that's just started. They're so they're they're so bad that they make you bad, and it almost makes it competitive. And I feel like Newcastle have done that a few times this season. They're shit in the final third, but they're, they're so bad it sort of throws the it throws games out of lockstep, and then they they sort of nick a result here and there. And that was definitely that was definitely the concern. And Andy Carroll uh, in in the second half really should have done better with that. Um, with that, oh, I mean that was. Uh... That was when everything went into slow motion and you're just like, here it is. It's late on. It's Andy Carroll. And it was an absolutely incredible save, I thought, from, from Leno to get us out of that because um, it, was, it, it, was, it was, that would have been curtains. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so let's, let's just have a, um, you know, I, I, it's difficult to dance around a win and make it interesting content to listen to. But I actually thought that there were some, uh, notable performances. And I wanted to talk about Bern Leno because at the start of the season, you know, he's been out the game for a bit and he had some rough performances. But 
I think that we're now at the stage where we can say letting Emmy Martinez go from a nostalgia perspective might have been a mistake, but from a performance perspective, I feel like Bern Leno is more than earning his wages at the moment. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, either of them could have done the job, um, but I think one of them was much more likely to be easy to sell on, get some money to invest. And, you know, Leno has done it over a period of time, whereas Martinez had done it over a much shorter number of games. That's not to say he might not even be a slightly better goalkeeper. He might be a less good goalkeeper, but I think you're looking for as much certainty as possible. And I think overall the decision to keep Leno was um, probably the right one. And if we were any good at investing funds, you know, 20 million for Martinez reinvested in a, in a, in a promising young player who could make an impact would have been... Um, Diego Jota signing. Would yeah, you, would've, like, you wouldn't be questioning it. Would have been great talent building. It, 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 it's all aligned with the fact that we're, just, we're so bad at spending money. Um, so I think, I think he's, he's really proven himself. And I have seen some, there was something I saw again on Twitter, which was talking about Leno going long more. Um, he's, he's Art de Roche, the, yeah. Art de Roche, the young journalist from The Athletic, who asked that excellent question in the press conference. Um, yeah. Last... And so I think, um, you know, that was, that's also helped Leno because he doesn't, he's not uncomfortable with the ball at his feet, but it's not his strongest suit and I think he's he's certainly been punching less this season catching more um but he's made some tremendous stops and certainly right now goalkeeper is not a position that we are in any need to upgrade which is given uh some of the terrible keepers we've had over the last 15 years um since the seaman layman days um you know he's he's certainly the best since since layman yeah, which also does really highlight um, how dangerously close we are to having a serious goalkeeper problem. Matt Macy, who is 26 years old, uh, just went to Hibernian, and that leaves us with Runison. And I don't think that that's a good situation to be in because if Bert Leno gets injured, we're in deep, deep trouble. Well, I mean, that's a strange. It was a strange move, wasn't it? Because Matt Macy just strikes me as the perfect journeyman number two. Um, he he strikes me as someone who can perfectly adequately step in to you know some unimportant games and be fine and does have potentially have the potential to match a sort of a Martinez run if the rest of the team are functioning in my opinion you know he's always he, he's always been dominant he's so big six foot uh, seven yeah six foot seven and, and um so, so I was, I was surprised. I mean, my immediate thought was we must be trying to sign a goalkeeper. Uh, we, we, I, I think that that's probably the priority. I think everybody behind the scenes at uh, uh, so, Colney so, knows. So, so, yeah, but he, he was outstanding. And then, you know, looking at the team performance today, you really do begin to see, you can, you, I think it's, it's quite an sort of old-school pundit sort of uh, descriptor, but people talk about players with personality. And... You know, we have got certain players who can make things happen and certain players who can't. And, it's, and they're beginning to split, the whole squad is beginning to split neatly into those two, two sets. Kieran Tierney, I thought, was absolutely outstanding at left back. What a beast. What a beast. You know, yeah. great going forward, great going back, committed to every challenge, never ran out of energy. And I, and I was wondering why he was starting, but thank God he was. 
because he was he was absolutely outstanding with his energy. Um, but you know, far too many players. Uh, are cut, I mean, they just don't have it in them. I, I, I just, I don't think it's even necessarily fair to criticise them. I just, they, they're just not good enough. And and when you see us play Newcastle, you realise that if you took two or three players away from us, we are, we're not that much better than Newcastle, which was sort of the scary thing to, to me. Yeah, and you know, the I, I looked at this game, you know, sometimes you look at a game and you're like, oh, wow, we learned something new. I looked at this game and I was like, Actually, it, today just reinforced um, the the reality that many of us have been banging the drum about for months, that certain players just aren't cut out at the highest level anymore. And the alarming thing about today was William and Pepe showed why they don't start games. And the worst thing about it is you, the only thing that I can wrap both of those two around they lack quality, right? And it's it's it feels odd to say that about William because we everybody thought we were signing a Rolls Royce professional that was just efficient and quality, but he doesn't have the qualities needed to succeed in this Arsenal team. And Nicolas Pepe, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he looks like he would struggle in, in a Brentford team. Like the basics of control, um, his positioning is awful. He does this thing where he kind of pretends to defend. You know, like it's like he's picked it up a Verzel where he, he floats back into a space and then the ball comes near him and he, he there's no intensity to his game. And when you compare the way he moves around the pitch to Martinelli or uh, Smith Rowe, like he doesn't have age on his side, right? He should be doing that. And I think that that's why he doesn't start more games. What did you think about... Um, what did you think we lacked today? What, who were the players that s- summed up the character flaws that we have? Well, I mean, let's start by looking at those two players. William just looked totally disinterested, as usual. I mean, maybe not quite so bad first half. Second half, he was abysmal. Um, two m- moments where he was being caught flat-footed, um, which there's no excuse for. Uh, I just, I, I really don't like much about William. Uh, I don't... I don't know. I don't know what he delivers. I'm also I'm also uh, conscious that we love a scapegoat, and he's certainly become a lightning rod for the first half of the season. That's been unacceptable. So there is a bit of that, but I, I just don't know what he does and what he brings. And it makes me really angry when you just think that we've signed a player in that position when um, we just we just we, we've got you know we we just don't need it. We just didn't need him. Um, it was such a strange, such a strange decision to burden ourselves with that level of financial outlay for so long, for, in a position that we didn't need. Um, so really, really bizarre. And then the fact that him and Pepe really are the same—they play the same position. They play that right forward position. They play it the same way as well, right? Well, they, they well, play it the same way. <laughs> the thing about Pepe is. Um, the really annoying thing is that you do, I personally feel like there is a player in there, but I'm a hundred percent confident that he, that that player is not, will never make it at Arsenal or is good enough for Arsenal. You know, he does have these neat turns and touches and tricks. And you do wonder if he was in a highly functioning team, high on confidence, then maybe he would be capable of more, but, um, in in the current setup, it's it's clear that 
it's not going to click for him. It's just not going to click for him. So we've just got to get rid of him. Um, and again, that's going to be a hard decision. I mean, who's who's? We're just going to have to take a massive loss. And but 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 right now we've got to get rid of him quick because every day that passes, his value is depreciating. Um, yeah. Like 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 we could have sold him for 25 million, 30 million at the end of last season. I mean, now what, 15? <laughs> I know, yeah, who would invest? And I think the, the really um, the, the really interesting thing, well, it's not even an interesting thing, but it's a theme. It's like there are too many players at Arsenal that need to have a, almost an intricate system built around their weaknesses. And I think that that's why Arteta likes having players that are, are flexible across lots of positions. Like Pepe's one-footedness is problematic, but I think more problematic is just the basic lack of technique that someone at, at, tw- at 24 or 20, uh, we bought it at 24, 25 years old, that should all be baked. That Those things shouldn't be coached. Um, well, I think that, that I think the biggest thing for me was that at Lille, he basically did one thing. He like had a neat trick outpaced a few players and then smashed it with his left foot and scored a lot of curl goals into the bottom corner. And, you know, Arjen Robin made a superstar career out of doing one thing. Um, so there's nothing wrong necessarily with being limited if what you're good at is highly efficient and highly effective. It's just that um, right now, his ability to do that one thing seems to get worse by the game. I mean, he did it a couple of times in his debut season. But some of those efforts and those finishes <laughs> today were embarrassing. Awful, yeah. And I, I, someone, I think someone mentioned it on La Grove, but it, if Arsenal were a little bit, you know, more cash rich, you you would you would probably be a bit cheeky and go to you know go and speak to Lille and say, look, if we give you the upfront cash. We'll give you fifty percent now, so we can get you through this little financial crisis, um, and we'll and we'll we'll pay off half, and we'll give him back to you. You can have him because yeah. yeah. it's it's you're getting to a you, you're getting to a point where at each performance, like you say, it's like it 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 chalks him off more and more lists. Like you know, he's he's barely fit to go to 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 the French league now, but you know he's he's in his prime, twenty six years old, and it's just um it's just yeah. crazy that we and start- then- and then, the other, and then the other two are, um, yeah, he's, it's like Jovino all over again, except it was Jovino. Jovino um, multi- was a bit better. Well, I think they're about the same, but it's multiplying. The, the transfer fee was five times as much, which just amplifies it. Yeah. yeah. Pepe's like a 15 million pound player. Um, but when you look at what's ahead of him, and then, and then the others that, that really uh, stood out for not standing out are Willock, um, Who's been given? So, he's been given given so many chances, and it's it's not like you know. You look at Saka, you look at ESR. Maybe they're special talents. I mean, they are special talents, but they just come in and own and own it from day one. And Willock's played fifty odd games for us, so I think it's time to just again, like let's just let's just make some money on him and 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 move him on because he's had he's he's had the chances. I mean, the only thing going for him is that he's better than a couple of the other options, so. El Nene is dross and just, you know, should should he, should, should, should should go. He's, um, he's an athlete. He's a he's a great athlete, and you know he does make you know he does have little moments of magic. Like he played a few passes today, but I think he's 
biggest struggle is he seems, you know, he seems to really lack concentration when it matters. There was a moment where he, he fluffed a 10 yard pass um, to, uh, in, in the first half and it, it you know, kept just, turning over possession and it's just like, against the better team, you get punished just, for that. I just don't think he wants to make things happen. And for, for all we say and criticize Granite Xhaka, and I think he's worthy of a lot of that criticism. You can't say he doesn't want to make things happen. I, like he always try, which is part of the problem. He makes bad things happen as well. Uh, he had a good a, game today, though. A lot of them, but at least he comes on and tries to like grab the game. Um, but yeah. but what was what was what's so compelling is that you, you we've now oh, in three and a half games uh, we can't survive without Smith Rowe. <laughs> uh, like what, what? Like four games ago, the question was, "Is he even any good?" And now the question is, "Can he come on and save an FA Cup game?" And the answer, once again, was yes. What a player! I mean, I love him. I love him. I just everything about him. He's every game I see him compared to a different Arsenal legend. You know, we've, we've seen who was him. it today? Who, who are you comparing him today? Today it was someone on a WhatsApp group that we're both on, but I, really, I thought it was a great comparison, which was um, it was Lundberg esque. You know, the, the give and go, the burst into the box, the control, the shot across the goalkeeper with when it, when it was minimal space, hard, lots. You know, it was an it was a unbelievable. It was an unbelievable finish, and it was the finish of a 27, 28 year old in their prime. It wasn't. It was a half chance. And, and it was under pressure. FA and, Cup, and, right? And across the goalkeeper, low, in off the post. It was, it was perfect. And, um, you know, young player through, you know, sees the opportunity, smashes it over the bar. I mean, we saw that Willian one early on where he shanked it. And it was a great, actually a really good chance on his left foot early on. And the difference in composure between Willian and ESR not to continue with, well, actually, I do want to continue bashing uh, William, but it was just a dreamy, dreamy finish. And to see him, because, you know, what does that tell us? It tells us not only have we got a brilliant playmaker on our hands, potentially, and I know we're Arsenal fans, so, you know, he's already the next Maradona, but um, it does give the impression that he could, in his prime, you know, potentially be a 10, 10, 10 goal a season person, or at least at the very least be a Mason Mount-esque player right now. You well, know? Be, being a five goal, uh, being a five goal a season player would make him more potent than Meza Ozil. You know, and that's the crazy thing <laughs> it about make it. More potent. It'd make yeah. him more potent than Aubameyang, wouldn't it? <laughs> it? Yeah, it would. And, but you know, the, um, the interesting thing, I, I say it every time, but I watch all the press conferences on um, Haters TV. It's, it just gives you, like, I watch all the managers do their little talk when I, like, go to a, do a little bike ride or whatever. And um, Mikel Arteta is very odd when he talks about certain young players, right? He, um, it's, he's almost, like, reluctant in his praise. The headline after his press conference on Friday was... Uh, Arteta says he can be like Sancho and Foden. He he didn't. He really didn't say that. He was asked whether he thought he could hit the level, and he sort of paused and he went, "I don't know. I don't know." And you know, it's like I, I don't know whether it's you know some some managers use the stick a little bit, you know, and some are like the, he can go to the to the very top. 
But um, he said... I've never heard Arteta lavish praise. And I think that... I think that's that's one of his shortfalls, shortcomings. Because I think he 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 very rarely comes out and says, I love everything about this guy. And I think that... I, I do get it. Unless um, they're older. Unless they're a little bit older. But... Um, and I think it's probably the right approach in this in this instance, you know. Um, but because we fan, like the fans do enough of the fucking hyping, like he's Freddie oh. Lindbergh, he's Thomas Rosicki. It's going <laughs> to change the way football's played. But the uh, it it was it, it was it, it's interesting because the way he conducts himself and when he talks about young players, it it manifests itself in decisions as well because. Uh, you know, Reese Nelson gets taken off straight away. And I know that, you know, I'm not saying that Reese Nelson is at the level that he needs to be, but at least he's enthusiastic. Um, Ainsley doesn't get game time. And I'm like, what, what is Joe Willock doing that Ainsley isn't? Because Ainsley never puts in a stinker like that. And it just, it's, it's, I, I, vindictive is maybe too much of a strong word, but when you look at the way that we treated Saliba, you know, regardless of whether he's good enough, don't tell me the... I, I, I suspect Joe Willock wouldn't be making waves in League One if he played there at the moment, like Saliba probably will. And it's and, and it, it, it is a weakness, and it's not the weakness that I thought he would have in his game, because it's like Mikel Arteta is a young coach, and he's asking us to take a chance on him. And you kind of feel like... I know that there were young players out there today, but you kind of feel like sometimes he doesn't want to do the same to the young players in the team. Smith Rowe got given a chance because <laughs> that was the only other option he had left. And it's like, he says, oh no, it was always in the plan. I just don't believe it. <laughs> I really don't believe it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think the two things that are worrying Arsenal fans the most right now, the two things that are making me most worried at Arsenal are... Um, Balogun and Maitland-Niles um, because both of those players, regardless of whether they make it or not, or, or I mean, I think Ainsley has made it. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we? He should be coming on every game. Like, yes. like the, there's, there's no reason why he can't be coming on and performing the Xhaka role or... Or, or, or the El Nenny role, right? Or the, I mean, he's better than El Nenny. Like, let's Much just, better. Let's just get that over with. So I, I don't know what he's doing. He's diminishing his value. I'm sure it, it can't be great because Maitland Snarl's good friends with Saka and ESR and all those guys, and he grew up with them. And I'm sure they're all thinking, why are you, why are you being an arsehole to our friend? <laughs> why, why would you put, why would you put, like, like firstly, you should have played over Mo El Nenny. Secondly, you should have played over Cedric who's just a complete nothing of a player and his career is going nowhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. And on, the, on the Balogun thing, like he sits in the press conference and he says, oh, it's the agent. And then Eddie's on the bench and he's like, rumoured to be going to West Ham are gearing up a, a 30 million pound bid for him. And it's like, there's no, there's, there's no real rational explanation unless he's injured. Because if, if it's about having six months left on your deal, David Luiz started and he's in his 30s. Um, if it's about talent, like, you know, if you want to keep him at the club, if, if you don't want to keep him at the club, don't offer him a new deal. 
you know? And then it, it, it just doesn't make it. He just has weird decision-making processes and it's fine when he wins, but then when we start losing, then it all flares up again. Um, how long have you got left? Because uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So um, I, I, I wanted to talk about Oba, Obama Yang as well, because yeah. there, there, I definitely think there's been a moment this season um, in the way that Oba conducts himself in the media with his miserable sort of demeanor sometimes, and and he's looked quite miserable on the pitch. Uh, I I'm starting. I think I'm seeing like green shoots. I agree. I agree. I think I've seen green shoots since. I just think. I just think. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Exactly. And he wasn't even. He wasn't playing that day. But I think um, Ober is a. He's. He, when things are going well, he's the one making. He's the life and soul of the party. Um, and when things aren't going so well, he he hates it. You know. But he's not the type of character to be able to drag, drag everyone back from the brink. Um, I don't think that's who he is. And I think he's struggled for form. And I think that's probably been a real shock to him because I don't think he's struggled for form in his career ever since it took off. You know, and, and I know he's a late, late starter, but for five, six, seven years, he's never worried about where his next goal's coming from. And suddenly he's got that. Um, but I think the renewed energy of the team the team being on an upwards curve, um, he's feeling more positive and, you know, he got the, got, got the goal in the end. And I think he'll only benefit from, I mean, frankly, playing, playing with Pepe and Willian is, it's, it's depressing depress- for us. It's depressing for us. And it must be depressing for him because they don't create anything. They don't create chances. Um, so, you know, he's going to, I think he's going to enjoy it much more with Saka Martinelli, ESR buzzing around him and bringing their own infectious sort of style. And on that, I think, you know, we say Obama Yang isn't the kind of player to lift people up when, you know, we're, we're at rock bottom. Um, but who would have thought that the guy who is, is Saka? I mean, he's single-handedly held up the club in this crisis and given being the one beam of hope and you know he got the assist today it came on and he got the pre-assist and you know it's a a little bit like the those days where you know the glory days and i'm not comparing us in any way when you know it's nil nil you're playing someone you're at home and then you just bring on Henri and Pires with 20 to go and they just wrap it up with a couple of goals and you know barely break sweat and then go and uh go and drive home don't even need a shower afterwards you know, there's a bit, but the quality of Saka and ESR is, 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 you know, they have that, that confidence and that ability to think that they can come on against Premier League teams like this and just make a difference. And I also think you, you can't ignore Alex Lacazette. He is in give me a new contract mode, right? He fought hard for, um, for the little, the, was that, was that, it was Lacazette who yeah. fought hard for the, for the knock-on. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether, uh, whether there's maybe a one-year extension of offer. That's what I'd do. Would you, though? I think that you should pump his value. He's 29 years old. I think that this is the trick that we always fall for. We're yeah, like... but I think, I think one-year extension is a different kettle of fish because he's still got to fight for his contract a year later. And, and what I'm worried about is I'm sort of going, well, look, 
Over's out of form. Eddie's not in form ever. He's never been in form. Um, Balogun is not getting a clear run into the team. Um, we're going to have to bring someone else into the club, but new signings always take some time to settle. We could be, we could have, we could be toothless up front if, uh, if, if, if we, and at least the thing about Lacazette is if he played every game, he scores, by the end of the season, he scores 10, 12 goals. Um, so we might, we might need them. You know, we, we we're, unless we've got a clear plan for a striker, but I mean, strikers are expensive. Uh, yeah, they are. And they're also kind of high risk. I mean, you, you look at the, we're not playing in signing Premier League. We're, we're playing in Pats and Dakar from Salzburg. We are looking at Edward of Celtic, who apparently I think has the same agent now as, uh, as Kieran Tierney. Or you're hoping for a young player to break through and I, I'm, you know, with the rumours about Eddie Nketiah going to West Ham, like, what, what, what do you think? Is it, I think it would be, a, I think it would be a great, uh, great bit of business for us. Thirty million. I mean, if we could get thirty million for Nketiah, um, we should, we should take it, and we should make Balogun. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm concerned about the Balogun thing because I think Balogun could be, could do great in that Eddie, Eddie role because Eddie's had chances. I mean. He's had runs of games, and he just didn't take didn't take the chances. He was never never terrible, but he didn't he didn't look like an all round number nine. So if we could get thirty million, um, and then use some of that money on a on Balogun's contract um, and some of it somewhere else, we don't that would that would make total sense for me and clear the path for him. Um, so, but but knowing us, we'll, we'll, we'll we won't do that. And again, it, it comes back to that Arteta. Arteta likes players who uh, look like, seem like nice boys. You know, he doesn't like a contract rebel. He doesn't like bad. He likes Willock and Eddie, and you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like AMN much. Um, so there's, there's clearly he likes Eddie's personality. He does, yeah. And um, you know, one last thought for uh, for Gabby Martinelli uh, had a little tweak in the warm up. Uh, one of the doctors online Yeah, he thinks it's a rolled ankle. I don't know who the doctor is, but I trust him. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in the science. Me, me too. I was relieved. Furiously, I saw it on all the groups. And, I mean, Guess- as soon as I heard he was in tears, I was worried. I thought he thought he might have done his cruise shit or something. But, um, I, I mean, I, it's, that, that still does worry me because... You know, you're going to be disappointed, but being in tears is that makes me feel like it was a more serious injury. But hopefully, well, he, he was in the he was in the, he sat in the stands. Yeah. Um. So I'm assuming that that means that it's minor. But it, 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 the worrying thing now is you look at the rest of the season and you're like, if you lose Martinelli, Smith Rowe, Saka, or Lacazette, you are you're kind of in trouble, right? Well, how, how are we going to win any games without them? Yeah. So I mean, because 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 we're back to like we said, we, we we had a we had a flashback to pre Chelsea today, and it was it was a nightmare. It wasn't it wasn't wasn't good. It, yeah, it wasn't a good dream. And it was it's um it's interesting that we've been linked with this uh, Solomon guy from Brazil. He's a he's a five foot six inch creator, 
And he's 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 he's, 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 he's exciting to watch, but it's like 25 million. Shakhtar quite often turn out great players because they're a high intensity, very technical outfit. Um, I just wanted to get your take on. Do you? Yeah, I I've, I remember Santi, and he was small, but he was quite a powerful, powerfully built little guy. Um, Lucas Torreira was also five foot six, five foot seven, and he 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 didn't really do that well. Do you think the a five can five foot six inch players do well in the league? Would you, or would you prefer someone? With I mean, I mean, uh, I mean they can. They can. I mean. Zola, <laughs> uh, you know, think about, think about the size of him. But, um, I, I mean, presumably it's an Edu, it's an Ed, you know, this is, this, this is Edu's market, right? Um, and it's the only market he really seems to have any grip on, in all honesty, from his time at, the, with, with, at Brazil. So, um, if Edu was going to be going to be recommending any players, I think I'd probably be grateful that they're Brazilian um, because they're the, probably the ones that he's actually spent most time on. And if he still likes him, you know, a few years on from probably seeing him a few years back, that's probably good. The price is right. Um, the price is good. Yeah, the price is good. So you, you, you so, are right. Um, his success rate, I mean, I think we have to say Pablo Marie is probably a success. I think he's been yeah. good. Gabriel, yeah. the centre-back. Yeah, Gabriel, the forward. And then William is kind of the... Uh, but William should have been the one that really hit the ground running. But there you go. Um, predictions for the Crystal Palace game coming up this Thursday? We're away, all right? Uh Yes. No, I think we're at home, aren't we? Is it, well, we've got three home games on the bounce. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, oh, who knows? I mean, cautiously optimistic, I guess. Um, Crystal Palace are always a bogey team to us. Zaha, the other guy who scored, came on and scored a brilliant goal last week. Um, Eki? Eki? Ezzy? Oh, yeah. Easy. Ezzy. Easy, yeah. I mean... They look like the kind of players who terrorise an Arsenal back line. Um, <laughs> I can already see two centre-backs sort of backpedalling with those two coming at them. Um, so, so, so who knows? I don't, think, I don't think we know what Arsenal team we've got. If, if we go in with the right attitude, um, we've got, you know... Uh, I mean, the other, the other great bit of news is we, we should have Thomas Partey back. Um, whether yeah, be- he was supposed to come back today, so they're obviously just being super, super cautious, which... Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for. Me, I love yeah, it. I do, but I'm also wondering why whether he could have played 30 minutes today. Um, yeah. Because I don't want his first game back to be 90 minutes, so presumably he's going to be a sub um, against Palace. I can't see him starting after such a long, after a month or two. Off, he should probably come on and play 30 minutes. So who knows? Um, and but yeah, look, it's, it's Crystal Palace. Let's be honest. If we've got any ambitions of sneaking into <laughs> the Europa or Leading a cup charge, we've got to beat Palace at home. So um, I'm going to go, going to go with the Arsenal win. But I think it, it's got all the, especially after this busy period, it's got it could easily be any result. We could easily lose, we could easily draw. I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but um, today was today was did not feel today felt, filled me with a lot of optimism about Saka and ESR. But like I said, it just reminded me of of, of pre Chelsea, and that was not a, it was scary. Yeah, it's it's scary to think 
what we could return to very easily with just one rash challenge or a poor warm up. But yeah. the 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 running the running is clear. So the way that I'm picturing it is there is a cup competition and it's to get an invite into the race for top four and the quarterfinals. Uh, the quarterfinals is is going to be uh, Crystal Palace, yeah. and then on Monday, uh, the semi-finals is going to be Newcastle, and then we've yeah. got we've got a double header final. Yeah, Manchester United and Southampton. And if we win all those games, then we're in the race for top four again, and we can yeah. really and we can really go there. But we've got to win all four, and we won't. Well, even if even if we get four points out of Southampton and United, I still think that that will put us firmly in the race and it will show that we've moved on from last season. But if we fuck up the next two games, it's it's game over. And then we'll probably win the last two games uh, just, to, just to make it that extra level of irritation. But still, at least we're in the mix. We're through to the next round of the cup. We could, it's onwards and upwards. And then we've got Benfica who are not having, I don't think Benfica are having a particularly good season. They're a, a bit of a shambles. So uh, positive, 2021 is starting good. And let's, and let's all hope for for an easy um, an easy draw in the cup because let's not forget what a what a difference that can make. An easy two draws because they're drawing um, fifth. Uh, uh, they're, they're drawing two rounds at a time, so we'll know what the path is. It'll be Man City and Liverpool or something, won't it? Um, I've just seen that Arteta said on Martinelli. I'm gutted. He was in tears, a lot of pain. It doesn't look good. So uh, I'm hoping latest news that. Um, that that is not uh, is is more rooted in his reaction that it's just a twisted ankle and not not too much ligament damage. But um, we'll have to see, right? Shit, that's devastating. Yeah. Right, well, All right. you have a good one, and I'll yeah. uh, meet you soon. If you listen to the podcast, uh, give us a five star rating, and we'll see you next week. Ciao for now. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.